0: Well, it's been 264 days since Wildstorm closed, and I've had a bottle of tequila for every day until Jim Lee brings the Wildstorm universe back. And I'm not going to stop until I hear something.
1: Joe, 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 Uh, put that bottle down. Put that bottle down. Haven't you heard? DCU is coming back. You huh? Got, we're getting Grifter, we're getting Voodoo, and we're getting Stormwatch back. I swear it. Really? Woohoo! <laughs> That was corny. We know, guys. But guess what? This is Wildstorm Addiction, episode 23, for July 2011.
0: And that's right. We're not doing any more renumbering. <laughs> <laughs> Even if the rest of the DCU is going to renumber, we're not going to. We just figure it'll be easier for
1: everybody. <laughs> so For all those detective comic fans that are pissed that they'll never see a thousand. Wildstorm Addiction. We'll see a thousand. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm Joe David Elise, <laughs> and I'm Ben Murphy. <laughs> and
0: uh, welcome back to Wildstorm Addiction for those of you who saw our untimely demise back in December when Wildstorm was shut its doors. You know, we didn't know if we were going to do another podcast again, but thankfully the fates uh, not only spoke, but they spoke quickly. We didn't expect to see you know Wildstorm titles come back uh you know so soon so we are happy that uh you know here in the fall we are getting a new you know storm watch number one we're getting a new grifter number one we're getting a new voodoo number one so it's definitely going to be cool to see these characters again and so we decided to get a a, a leg up on on uh, things and actually get to talking to uh, nathan edmondson tonight Uh, who's going to be the writer for Grifter. So here in a little bit we are going to be talking to him. So we hope that you guys will enjoy it. Uh, Anything else to say, Ben, before we get to our interview?
1: Not at all. I'm all geeked up about this.
0: Well, welcome to Wallstorm Addiction, the podcast that was once dead but has risen once again, thanks to you and several others who are bringing the Wallstorm characters back to the DCU. <laughs> yeah, m- mostly me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we do really do appreciate you coming on, Nathan. You know, because yeah, we'd pretty much thought that we were we were never going to do another podcast because we didn't know what they were going to do with the Wallstorm characters. So we were obviously were really excited to see all these titles that are coming out here in in the fall, and um, I I personally, you know, was introduced to your work uh, with the light, you know, over at Image, which I thought was awesome, by the way. You know, I picked up the trade, and I'm glad I did, because if you would have made me follow that, month to month, I would have been sending you hate mail being like, hurry up, tell me the rest of this story.
2: <laughs> I have no recollection of that book. <laughs> you don't? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: no, but it really was great. and I mean, I just, it, it was just one of those traits where I just picked it up and finished it, you know, in one sitting because the story was awesome. So that was, that was my first exposure to your work. Um, how did you get your start in the industry?
2: Uh, I was... Um I was working in Washington, D.C. Uh, when I pitched my first comic book, <clears throat> excuse me, and, um, which is Olympus. And uh, I really considered I, w- I was going to pursue writing novels, maybe screenplays a little bit. Uh, I- I'd gotten to a point where I knew I was called to writing, to start do some writing. And, um, uh, and I had uh, uh, been introduced to some professionals in the industry purely by geography and circumstance, uh, not because I had any, you know, I wasn't trying to break in, I wasn't trying to get to know people, i just gotten to know people, and then when I had an idea that I, when I had an idea that I thought would be good for a um, comic book, I, uh, uh, you know, I, I just pitched it, and, and you know, it, so it was not this long struggle of how do I break in, it was, I had this idea, just make a cool comic, I threw it up there, and uh, you know, um, that was Olympus, so, uh, so that was how I got in, and much thanks to uh, Christian Ward, too.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I haven't had a chance to check that one out, but uh, but if it's anything, you know, like your writing style with the light, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Now that's pretty cool that they were able to pick that up right away because I know obviously, you know, there's always a lot of people pitching stuff, and obviously, you know, they liked what you had to say. And um, so then, like with uh, with with the light, was that pretty much a no brainer? You just kind of showed up and like, okay, here's my next work, and like, okay, go for it, you know?
2: Yeah, well, with that one, I. I um I wanted to work with uh, Brett Welderly. I'd seen some of his, you know, what he was doing the surrogates. I liked him a lot. Asked him what he wanted to do. He wanted to do horror, and so I came up with an idea for a horror, quasi horror book. I mean, I I don't really think it falls into the category of a horror book, at least not the way people think of horror these days. But um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just uh, you know, I I didn't I didn't really have a career path where I said, I'm going to do this sort of thing and then this sort of thing and try to pursue a book with this company. I just went, you know, the next bit of inspiration that came to me, I pursued it and tried to do it well. And and having a good artist was especially important because I couldn't write very well and still can't. So, uh, you know, I look for really good artists and that way people don't notice the poor writing as much.
0: Yeah, no, we're not going to buy into that. I've already read your stuff, so (laughs) there's no point in talking yourself down. I've already seen the truth.
2: (laughs) Well, I I just learned that the bar is low with you guys. (laughs) Ouch! (laughs) (laughs) So now, now I now I know. Like, I can get away with bad jokes. I can, you know.
1: (laughs) There you go. (laughs) We're pretty easy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. There we go. Uh,
1: Nathan, who are what are some of your influences as a writer?
2: Um. Man, this trouble always gets me into uh, this. This trouble always gets me into questions. This question (laughs) question always gets me into trouble because the majority, not having a background in comics uh, like many folks, uh, the majority of my influences are not uh, in comics. Uh, They are uh, really in classic literature, and that's what I grew up reading. Great books. That was one of my focuses uh, uh, in college. um, Was great books and classic literature, and um, you know, it's a really just, I mean, everything back from you know Euclid to uh, uh, you know Flannery O'Connor uh, and, and a whole host of others in between. I know that's kind of a lousy answer, but that really is just overall. Uh, growing up, the one person, the one writer that inspired me more than any other and really drove me to want to be a storyteller was uh, Michael Crichton. I started reading his stuff in second grade. I'd read all of the books he'd written to date by the end of third grade and, um, them, all of them, every year for the next couple years and then, you know, got his stuff when it came out and, uh, and, and, you know, the way he approached writing, the way he wove science, the way he wove research and reality into his work, um, uh, combined with the fact that he was one of my first experiences in really adult literature, um, you know, I'd read adult level books in kindergarten and first grade, but I think he was the first writer I really embraced and understood, and uh, and and you know, it, it, it you know it, at, at a young age. And um, so, in other words, I kind of grew up with him, shepherding me, and my vision of storytelling and everything was um, fostered by by him, even though he never really knew it.
1: No, that's really cool. I I can't say that. You know, all the good writers are, you know, grew up reading comic books, and that's what their influencers are off, of, off of. So,
2: yeah. Well, I, I, I guess I always assume that that's the expectation. I mean, there are certainly great, uh, great comic writers and, and works I've looked at, but it's hard for me to say I've really been inspired by those guys because you know they they weren't. I mean, I've been inspired by them certainly, but they uh, were not really my. I didn't grow up reading comics very much. Uh, rarely was I reading comics. I had, I had a stack of things, but uh, it was not often replenished.
0: Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. I mean, even if you look at guys like Alan Moore, you know, people like that who are legends of the industry, it's like, yeah, they have that, that same kind of background where it's it's not just comic space because, yeah, obviously you can tell in your writing that, that you have a wide range you know, you're not just so focused on that. So it definitely shows in your work, and that's why I think that you're such a great writer. And what I read in, you know, the light, it just, it just grabbed me right away. You know, I just, I just, to me, that's that's the trait of a good writer. You know, you, uh, you, didn't, you didn't let me put the story down. You know,
2: <laughs> I, pre- I appreciate the flattery, but I'm taken. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh,
0: now, in this case. Uh, you know, what made you to decide to take on Grifter? You know, is he a favorite character, or was it just kind of like, hey, we have this character, we want you to try it? How did that come about?
2: Well, it's funny, because people used to joke with me, like my my colleagues in the industry, the artists I've worked with, who I'm good friends with, the writers I've worked you know, gotten to know. They always joke with me, oh, man, DC and Marvel are going to be calling you soon, man, you're going to be... and. And they also knew that my knowledge of comics was not very extensive, so they'd make fun of me. You know, when you get that call, you're going to have no idea what they're talking about. And, uh, you know, and, and then and then I said, I told a close friend of mine uh, that, you know, one of the artists I work with, I said, yeah, I got to call DC once to... Editor DC wants to talk to me next week. You know, this is a very private conversation. Cause, uh, but that was the extent of it. I, they just said, would you like to talk next week? He said, yeah, be sure to tell him you love the latest issue of Spider-Man or something. And, uh, you know, in, in, in other words, you don't even know what they're putting out, do you? And when they mentioned Grifter on the phone, he was one the one Wildstorm character that I knew by name and sight. You know, the other ones I would have had to think about and say, which one was he or she – you know, but Grifter was like the one I knew. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I know who Grifter was. And, uh, and I, I'd read a little bit of Wildcat stuff, um, but, but really I wasn't a, a deep, like I, I wasn't a devotee by any means. Uh, but the reason they'd called me was because of my work on Jake Ellis. They wanted an approach to Grifter that was, you know, doing a lot of the things they saw me doing in Jake Ellis. Um, and when they started talking to me about the world – and I was a little bit nervous uh, about getting a call. So when they started talking to me about some of the things they wanted to see in Grifter, and and you know they they were very clear that they wanted me to take and reinvent and create this world my own. That is like you know what do you want to do? We want to hear your ideas. They had some ideas of you know we want to see this in Grifter's world. We want to see this, uh, and it needs to fit within the DCU now. So so there were some trappings and guidelines, but for the most part they said take it, run with it. Um, but the, all the elements that they gave me to work with, uh, were things that were really exciting to me. Uh, the uh, aspects of the world they wanted to see, um, you know, come to life were things I really liked. And, uh, I wanted to take this character and, and make him real and exciting. And, um, and anyway, I, I was just very excited to do it. So, uh... So, you know, talking later with them, I I, I was mentioning that I was worried I was going to get a call from DC and they'd ask me to write. And this is, of course, before I knew anything about the relaunch, before anybody knew anything about the relaunch. Um, But when they called and and said, we want to talk to you about a character, I got worried because I said, they're going to ask me to write some character that has a big following about whom I know nothing. And I'm, you know, I'm just going to sit there and say, wow, I don't, you know, of course I want to do something with DC, but I don't know this character, you know. So that was fear, but when they came and said two things, one, it's Grifter, and I said, oh, I know Grifter, and I know who he is, and they said, these are the sorts of things we want, and you can kind of recreate him to exist in the DCU. All those things just struck the, you know, I was like, great, this is a perfect situation for me, and in walking into Grifter, I've gotten to know the DCU uh, much more significantly. They sent me, you know, stacks of books, including the DC. Uh, you encyclopedia which I, I you know looking and say what villains do you want to bring in you know you can use the whole DCU and there are going to be some exciting things showing up in future grifter issues for DCU devotees um which I unfortunately can't get into tonight but that was an exciting thing is to take these characters that everybody knew and say you know grifters can intersect with these and um uh but uh but to start from the ground up and create his universe and um you know, and, and, and work with the editors who, uh, I, I've worked with two editors and two wonderful assistant editors on this, um, on the project so far. And they've all, you know, had awesome input and really, it's just been exciting, uh, approaching the world and, you know, some of the ideas they liked, uh, and, and we've moved forward to some they didn't like. I mean, my first thought was I wanted to get the Wildcats back together, like, putting the band back together but literally I wanted them to be like a touring boy band that fought crime nobody liked that idea um, I guess boy bands I have a 90s thing now it's it's kind of gone but uh, you know they would all have their masks and, anyway so you know but going with like you know the guns and the mask and the, you know all the exciting stuff like they were into that and so uh, um, yeah anyway see Joe the editors do care about us
1: They're yeah right. they do <laughs> <laughs> um uh the artist for the book. I'm not gonna pronounce it, you can. Uh how much collaboration did you have uh as far as the design? Obviously you took the lead on the story.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh well Cafu uh is it Cafu is the artist. Th- those are his initials, by the way. Um okay. he goes by his initials. He's uh Cafu Carlos Alberto is uh from Spain. And um an incredibly talented, competent and humble and hardworking guy. Uh when they first started talking to me, they, I guess they'd already approached him, but nothing was finalized with him, um, you know, and they, they uh, anyway, there there things that happened behind the scenes, but it, but it was really different for me because one of my draws to comics is, I mean, one of my primary draws is, is art and the artists. I'm very picky about the artists I, I want to work with, you know, which isn't. That i think i'm that good it's just that i want to work with somebody whose art i just love and am thrilled by and i want to see on my walls like that is just a joy to me in comics so i'm very selective and i have a background in art myself and so i I have an eye for it uh that is you know i kind of i I mean not that i don't mean that in a tooting my own horn kind of way but i I just i i have a, a very sensitive eye when i'm looking at art and um you know, and I know what I like, and I know what I don't like. And so so, and so I always, to me, the art is inherent in the construction of the project. I'll get an idea, but to me, the book doesn't start to come to life until the artist is on board. You know, and I leave so much room open and flexibility for the artist's ideas or just for things that are going to come to life when the artist start bringing the visuals uh, to the table. So it's very different uh, coming on the board when they came on, for, you know, when they brought me on to develop the story and I was not developing it with the artist. I mean, that was a very foreign territory to me. It almost felt like, you know, a betraying of something. But, you know, but that that was only in the initial stages where uh, we we're starting to just get our ducks in a row and get the story figured out. And, um and so they sent me a bunch of Cafu's work and looking back through what he was doing on Thunder Agents. And, um, but this is Cafu's, like, dream project. He loves Grifter. Uh, he loved the, you know, just, this was what he wanted to be doing. So, man, he came to the table with, like, all cylinders firing, you know. And, uh, immediately started doing some really exciting sketches. Um, uh, and, and that really helped me, you know, help my mind start clicking and engaging in the universe. Um, so in the initial stages, it was kind of like he was in one room and I was in the other, and we would kind of come to the door and pass notes, you know, or something. And it was, it was strange for me, but it absolutely worked out. I mean, I was really able to kind of imagine this universe, and when I brought it to Kafu, he was ready, revving and ready to go. Uh, now we're at a part where he is. This book. Um, you know, with the, with the way the DCU relaunch was, we just had to hit the ground running. I mean, there's just not a lot of time to sit around and talk, you know. We just really had to get moving. So we're at a point now where he is gaining on the pages, and he's got issue one completed, moving through issue two now significantly. I mean, man, he's fast, and his work is extraordinary. It's looking great. Uh, to where now, like, we're, we're able to have the ideas bouncing back and forth um, he I speak Spanish uh, which you know is, is his English is good I think it's better than he likes to claim that it is, but he works with a representative and a translator so that adds an additional kind of step between us but we uh, we jump on Facebook and Skype and uh, you know just talk about our excitement back and forth together so there's just been a lot there has been my Point in explaining all of this is there's been between he and I both for a passion for the project and just because we're both eager to do this uh, there's been a great team spirit even when at the beginning there hasn't been a lot of world building uh, shared between he and I I mean there's been world building on both of our ends I mean he designed uh, I guess I can't talk about that but he's designed <laughs> certain elements that actually I just don't know if I can talk about that he's designed certain elements of the world. Um, and certain characters that we're going to encounter. Uh, well, I guess you know there's going to be uh, like in, an element in the book that you know from Wildcats. The Daemonites are coming back. Uh, exactly. How, exactly. How, now.
0: How,
2: yeah. Well, that was. I can say that because that was in the description of okay. the and and it's on the cover. So like yeah. I can't tell you how or why or what their role is going to be. But that that is one area where. Uh, he and I did have a lot of back and forth, him just doing all these designs. Like, what do they look like now? I'm going to recreate them. What is this going to look like, you know? Um, that was an area where he just and he just sent all these design sketches. What do you think about this? And it was funny. He had this one initial sketch, and we were all like, nah, we want something way different than this. And we kept, like, the editor and I, and we kept giving him all these other ideas. Now nah, what about this? What about this? And then, the, you know, the word came from higher up on the D.C. ladder. No, we love the first one. You know, so it's like we made him waste all this time on these other sketches and that first one is what everybody and now I realize that was the better one. But um you know, we kinda sent him <laughs> sent him running around on a uh you know, doing all these all these very cool sketches. But um so uh uh but man, his his eye, his passion for the world just makes him, you know, I, I think that's putting him at a hundred and fifty percent, you know work capacity here and so uh, he'll see he would I mean we'd just start talking about something and then we'd look in our inboxes and see sketches from CAFU and it was almost like well hold on we don't even know if we're going to use this yet you know and then sketches design sketches but then we'd see him and be like well how could we not use this man look at the sketches is going to be awesome
1: that's really cool just a quick follow up before Joe actually asks a real question just talking to a few other guys over the past year or so have you ever even met kafu face to face because it's amazing to see what the technology has changed in your guys's workflow people work worlds apart and just able to collaborate on such a cohesive book it's amazing
2: yeah uh no we have not met um it's something i intend to remedy uh soon spain is my favorite country I've ever spent time in, so an excuse to <laughs> any excuse to get back over there. And and I think he'll get over here to some cons. Uh, excuse me, hopefully very soon. Um, but no, it is interesting, isn't it? Like uh, Tanchi Zanich, my artist on Jake Ellis, we've never met. Uh, he's in Croatia. Christian Ward in London, uh, I have met, and uh, uh, man, that was we met before um, before the book got picked up. Actually, I was in London, and that was a, a real. Uh, a real opportunity and uh, brett weldley and i uh have met a couple times um and uh, then i've got an artist in uh, moscow uh doing a very exciting new book for me and uh we've never met um and then i've got an artist on a project i'm doing which everybody's kind of chattering about because it's well it's not called this but the the code name it's being talked about online is project omaha and uh that artist and I have made a point of uh, of meeting up in Seattle, but we're on the phone almost every other day. It's like we're dating. It's ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's strange because like with Tanchi and with you know with this guy had had the artist on the Project Omaha project, and I not met in Seattle. You know, we still you know we'd still been talking almost every day. I mean, part of it's just the scope of this book we're working on together, and part of it's we just become really good friends. Uh, but you know, it was strange when we met, we felt like we met a dozen times before and we video chatted. So that adds a whole nother element. Like when you get on and video chat with somebody, you know, I mean, you, you really ask yourself like what, you know, where, where does the line blur in terms of what it means to meet somebody. But, but that was a long answer, uh, to, 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 a simple question. No, we have not met, but the one no, that's cool. Wonders of technology that uh, man—you can have great collaborations with artists uh, and never see them face to face till the trade is out, which is what's going to be what it's going to be like with Tanshi Zanich and I.
0: Yeah, I mean, even with this podcast, you know, Ben and I didn't meet till over a year after we started doing it, you know, so. <laughs> That's that's definitely something we're familiar with, and you know my question is you kind of answered it a little bit, but I'll just I'll just see if you got anything else because uh, basically like over in the stormwatch title we saw Apollo and Midnighter got some very noticeable redesigns, and from what little we've seen of Voodoo she doesn't seem to be redesigned very much at all, and neither does Grifter. So is there is there anything about that that you can discuss, like why it seems like uh, like those characters were not really touched much? Was that anything that, that y'all discussed? With you, you and Kafu, or the staff.
2: Well, Grifter will be redesigned. Some, uh, you know, the mask is just too cruel to lose. Uh, you know, and and too, and I mean, too important um, to his character. You know, that's part of you know what he's recognized by. Uh, but he's going to be much more realistic, I think, than he's been portrayed most of the time before. Uh, certainly more realistic than you know the early, I guess, the, the mid '90s uh, Grifter. In the early sketches uh, and even the cover you know a lot of that came out before the story it doesn't betray the character by any means but um uh you know we there was there was some back and forth about uh, you know to, to what do we need to keep and what can we do away with in terms of the character design you know grifter though is a little bit different than many other characters i mean his his outfit's pretty simple i mean the things he's recognized for are a mask and you know boots and i guess it for a while a trench coat, but you're not really going to see the trench coat. Uh, that, that's basically what, what we're doing with him is in terms of his outfit and in terms of his appearance, it's as it makes sense. So like I came up with ways to make the mask, you know, make sense. Like where did it come from and why does he put it on? Uh, you know, if he's wearing boots, if he's wearing a vest, if he's wearing a black t-shirt even, like why is he wearing those? Or you know, if you want backwards thinking, which we did sometimes, like, okay, if he's going to be wearing this outfit, like, we need a reason he's wearing this, you know, and and not just, like, an excuse reason, but we really need to make it part of his character. So we wanted him to, you know, we, we didn't want to just create a, like, it's not like, oh, recreate Grifter, and then, you know, now he's, like, uh you know, a caped crusader who can you know whose power is like making ice cream appear or something it's like no 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 We're, you know, it's <laughs> going to be to a degree he's got to be the same character right but you know yeah. so so it's like how do you find that point where we do universe recreation and bring a character that already exists and i think that as a team you know writer editorial artist uh i think as a team we've really found that place very happily uh you know as you get through the first three issues especially you'll see All those elements of his character just become real and become alive in the book and see, you know, oh, that, you know, so this is, you know, he's wearing this for a reason and he comes in. I'm trying to avoid any specific story elements, but um, he doesn't, in the sketches you've seen so far, he doesn't look to redesign. Part of that is we wanted it to be clear this is a character that you know. You know, if we started him out like you see him in the first pages of issue one, you wouldn't recognize him. Well, not to get into story specifics, but you just wouldn't recognize him in those first pages. You know, he doesn't start off the trench coat wearing, mask wearing hero with two guns in his hands. Like we, we you see his character come to life a little bit. Uh, and and come out of being, well, a con man, a grifter. I mean that's who he is when you meet him and then you see this quick transformation and you know so the question in your minds of course is what causes him to go from this con man grifter to you know this, and I, and you know from the solicitation, of course, that he is has a background in special forces, and um, that actually comes to play in a very, very real way in the pacing and the issue by issue uh, storytelling. Cool. I,
1: I'll speak for Joe and say that we're pretty excited to see what those changes are.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <The> understatement. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I know my answers, man. I, I spend a lot of time saying saying things without really saying them, but uh, we are still at a point where we're. <laughs> We're uh, trying to keep a lot of things, you know, a lot of our cards face down.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's cool. We, we totally understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nathan, other than the Damonites, Grifters never really had a direct singular uh, menace. Basically, you know, Joker to his Batman. Right. Is that something that will be established in your run, other than the integration of the Daemonites into the DCU?
2: Yes. <laughs> the The short answer is yes but it but there's there's like a you know it's like yes, but it's complicated. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if Grifter were on Facebook, his relationship with a future potential villain would be, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, Grifter is the most wanted man in the DCU. That's his tagline, and it's not meaningless. I mean, he is going to be wanted by everybody, and you're going to learn why, you know, why he's wanted by everybody. It's different reasons, you know. This, these people want him for one reason. These people want him for another. He is literally the most wanted man in the DCU. Uh, he's got nowhere to go he's you know <laughs> and uh and then out of that there is there are going to come uh oh, it's really interesting so like every face of like you know if you think he's wanted so he's like he's wanted by local law enforcement he's wanted by uh you know the like you know the military basically he's wanted by the vil- the two different aspects of a villain uh right like there's going to be two different antagonists that are not um, like there's people who are after him for the wrong reasons. Like he is, you know, being pursued by people as a wanted man for things he didn't do. Then he's being pursued by other people because he didn't do him. Yeah, <laughs> he's being pursued by the bad guys because they want to get him because he's a good guy and by the good guys because they think he's a bad guy. In other words. Uh, as you can imagine, there's like there's villains, and I mean there's an, villains on one side and antagonists on another, but they're all antagonists to him. So he's trying to reconcile with some of them on one hand and fight the others, but really he's just against them all uh, because they're all against him. So um, and and that's 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 kind of where we start off, and you know him being the most wanted man in the DCU. Uh, and and I know that sounds oversimplified. It becomes very layered and you you he's going to have a lot of complex relationships with a lot of different characters and uh, so you are going to see three primary antagonists emerge uh and out of those one will be a stronger long-lasting villain but but there are some uh there's some tricks up our sleeves if you would you know if you keep reading multiple issues in where you're going to see some things appear that, um, you know, you didn't really, won't, won't be expecting in terms of, uh, in terms of villains that, that are going to play a part in his world. And you might see some new people too.
0: Yeah. No, and that's, and that's cool because I mean, that, that, that makes it feel like, yeah, you're saying that he's most wanted man in the DCU. That's cool because that, that's giving him more exposure in the DCU, because obviously, you know, we want this character to be long-lived. You know, it's like I've told people, I want the Wallstone characters to be like Booster Gold and Blue Beetle once It's Like, who were these guys, you know, before they acquired them, you know, and not now they're DC staples, you know, so... Yeah. You know, and one thing that I did love about The Light was you made me care about those characters in such a short period of time. You know, we didn't really have much time with those characters when everything started happening in that story. And, you know, with Grifter, it's always been more about action. Are we going to get some, you know, character moments with Grifter, or is it going to be more of an action-driven book?
2: Uh, you're definitely going to get some character uh, moments. I will, you know, the book starts off, the first issue, really the first couple of issues start off... um, with just hitting the ground running i mean you know it's excuse me we we are not in this for the five issue arc we're in this for the long haul so uh you know it it it, there there is a time and a place for everything Uh, but you're going to start off with just a lot of action and a lot of intensity and um you know you're not going to get take a breath uh at first but there are definitely you know we've got some it's woven into the, every moment of the book. There are some really neat, really, really neat, and really uh, complex just just character studies you're going to see. I mean, he, he he is by no means a guy with a mask and two guns. I mean, he's a living, breathing person, and we're going to see the the depth of his personality and see, you know, I mean, and to a degree, he's going to be a tragic character. I mean, this guy lives just <laughs> a terrible life. I mean, for to you know, as you're going to see in, in some regards, I mean, he's wanted by everybody, right? That's, that's not something that's got to be easy to deal with. And you've got to ask yourself, if even the good guys want you, where do you turn? And at one point, you start asking yourself if you're still a good guy yourself. You know, if even the good guys don't believe that you're good, you know, it takes a lot of effort to convince yourself that you really still are.
1: So you've hinted on this a little bit earlier, um... But if you were given free reign of any of the Wildstorm characters, who would you like to write?
2: Beyond Grifter, honestly, would have been my first choice. Um, I, I, I tell you what. In terms of the well, I guess you are the you're the Wildstorm edition. We I are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, That's uh, all
1: we care about. This DCU stuff doesn't really matter.
2: <laughs> right. Well, I've looked at some other DC characters, uh, the non-Wildstorm, but DC characters, and, and I've been interested in writing. They asked me, you know, who else would you like to write? You know, if you see somebody you know, pitch us an idea, and let's talk about it. So, um, you know, I've, I've found, some, found some characters I'm really interested in writing, but um, I don't know. I think it, and part of the reason I'm hesitating is because <laughs> I want to see, like, politically how some things play out, and I don't want to, like, you know, name one thing and then, you know, stir something up. So, how about after the book comes out and we know where all the wildstorms going to be? I'll tell you who I really want to write. Um, <laughs> but That's but honestly, enough. the the, <laughs> the long and short of it was that the grifter was was the character, and even in the stuff I'd read and like the, I mean the first stuff I read of grifter was the wildcats, like the uh, the run that uh, Travis uh, Curtis um, illustrated. Oh, you're
0: talking about the second volume, yeah? When DC yeah. first bought them, cannot it's remember the called, title. It's just simply called Wildcats.
2: I could have sworn there was a subtitle to it.
0: I mean, Wildcats 3.0 comes later, but uh, yeah, 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 Taras was there when they were just regular Wildcats.
2: I've got them all sitting inside on my shelf. Anyway, I could have sworn there was a subtitle to that volume, but I guess I'm wrong. Uh, Anyway, uh, that was when I was introduced to grifter for the fr- really for the first time in terms of reading him closely i mean i'd i'd known who he was and seen iterations of him you know years before but i just never really read closely because i wasn't reading that much of that stuff uh so it was it was when he jumped on the run it was really travis's art that went running toward i was like man this is the coolest looking stuff and um i always thought you know looking at grifter i'm like man i just i want to see the whole book about this guy i mean it was kind of funny it was like you know, I mean, it, it, not that it wasn't very, very well done, but I'm like, this isn't, you know, this isn't really my thing right now. Uh, it wasn't, I don't know, just wasn't what I was really looking to read at the time. But anyway, I, I, my point was, I'm reading these moments with this character and, and kind of imagining things about him that, that I, I just was, you know, it's just one of those things where you're kind of attracted to him. But you don't really know why. It's like, I don't, there's not a whole lot of things about him that I'm, you know, that, that I'm attracted to. It's just, kind of the mystique and aura of his character there's just you know it's both his name and the mask and things like that and you kind of believed that, that he was like a, you know he was a grits and brawn kind of guy he's like a you know he's somewhere between that like sawyer from lost and macgyver and just in terms of the kind of guy you just trust and have confidence in at least that's how i was reading him i mean that's how he came to life in my mind and uh so i got more out of the, the the brief moments with his character, um, I think just personally, than, than a lot of the other characters I was reading.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, I, I have friends who, who who followed in the '90s, and they they've kind of dropped off and come back, and they always, you know, talk about Grifter being one of the more unique characters that came out of that time period. So yeah, it's that's cool that y'all kept the designs, and you know, that you're obviously you know trying to. Go with what you read. I mean, you read him at a really good time too. He had really gotten away from the '90s persona, <laughs> you know. Uh, so that's 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 pretty cool.
2: I told you when they brought me onto the book was they were like, it, it, "Grifter's been approached by a number of different writers and artists in a number of different ways, but nobody's really done the grifter that you know people can identify." And it's like, you know, when you try to when you get somebody who's been reading him to really try to describe him you know people have a little trouble and they're like and one thing we want to see him do is we want him to be an actual grifter so i immediately like i ordered several books off amazon one is like the big con it was like history of an american con artist con artistry and you know nuts and bolts you know all these books on like being a con artist and a grifter and i was like, you know reading all about this and watching the sting and you know things like that and um and and trying to think okay this has got to be at the basic you know this is this is you know this is the like the soil that we're going to going to plant his character in right is this world of like and and it's difficult because grifters conmen, men or sociopaths you know this is these are not good guys you know i mean they're they're you know you watch i i think a lot of people see him as, like the ocean's 11 type who are these super attractive funny you know ultimately do-gooders who are you know but it's it's not man i mean in the real world guys who are con men are sleazy sociopaths and they're criminals so you know an immediate challenge is well, how do you make a guy like that a good guy that people want to follow you know and um so that that was a bit of a challenge coming into the book was okay if he's going to actually be a grifter how do we how do we do that
0: so. Yeah, no, I definitely look forward to that. I mean, like I said, I I have faith in you. there's some more there's some more complimentary way, even if you are taken. But <laughs> and and you know, just also you know, let you know, obviously, with everything else, you know, there are some people out there who are very excited about the book, you know, present company included, you know. And unfortunately, there's some who are not. You know, what would you say to those who are not to get them to give the book a try?
2: Well, you know, I. I suppose it depends on why they're not. I mean if they if they don't want it because uh, I, I should say there's probably two categories of people. To those who don't want to, to read it because they think it'll be different than what they want to see out of Drifter then I'd say, Well, you've got what you want. You know, you've you've had you've had the books you enjoyed. Uh, now, you know, give this one a try you've already got the things that you like, you know, don't go looking for those things again. Um, you're going to get a lot of that stuff again, for sure. But you're also going to get something very exciting, and very new. And we are passionate and we're working very, very hard on this book. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's not a, uh, I, I, I am very excited about the book. I don't think that many people will not be excited about the book i think it's just it's just a great character it's a great world we're building it's great people we're working with now i think the other category probably just who aren't interested in grifter period to them i say come give it a try just based on a book not based as a grifter book you know see if you like the story see if you like the the romance the character interplay the uh you know the the action the death the uh you know otherworldly stuff i mean there there are a lot of cool things going on in this book and we're approaching it from a very real world perspective i mean a dcu world perspective i mean we're we're creating this character with a lot of tenets of reality and to me that always strengthens and makes something more exciting so um you know even to people who aren't dc fans i think Give Grifter a try. You know, I really think you can. You're going to identify with and enjoy this character and um, find him compelling and endearing, and uh, not just Grifter, but some other people you're going to see in the book. So,
1: well, Joe can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think there is some hesitation from the DCU fanboys that are just weary about yeah, Wildstorm characters in general, just being, you know, entered into the universe.
2: Oh, I guess that you know, I could see that. It's difficult for me to really empathize with that because I don't have that background, so I, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know what they're afraid of. In other words, you know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, it, if if you like the story, well, yeah, you guys tell me. I mean, like, what what do you see as being?
1: Well, Wildstorm characters in general are killers, and they don't typically have remorse. And there was a crossover last year that happened, and that's basically what happens. Like, DCU characters never kill, honestly and <laughs> Wildstorm characters are very much known for that, and I think that's one of the issues.
2: So you think one of the fears is that it's just going to change the overall tone of a universe?
1: No, I doubt that it will. Honestly, I think from the Wildstorm side, from our perspective, is that our characters are going to be very toned down to what we're used to.
2: I see. Okay, no, that makes sense, and, and thank you for you know the repartee. I, I understand the fear now. Uh, well, <laughs> in good- there's gonna be a good bit of uh uh you know there's there's gonna be it's gonna be a good bit of dark and a good bit of uh you know empty shell casings on the floor and uh, some pretty rough moments now that said i mean we we well this is by no means an all ages book I am not one who writes for gore sensation and you know one of the things we said going into this book is you know this is again not an all ages book however uh you know Whenever we have the option between making it all, like, making it more accessible to ages and making it not, we're going to try to make it a little bit more accessible, um, which is just to say, you know, we 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 don't want to overdo it with crazy gore or crazy, like, sex or anything like that. And I'm not interested in that anyways. I'm not interested in writing it and putting it in the book. But where it's necessary, and with Grifter, it's going to be pretty darn necessary. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, you know, fairly often, it, you're going to – I mean – this guy's whole world is about killing. So, cool. you know, there's no, there's no real way around it. But, I mean, it's, it's not just killing. I mean, he's a con man. He's a man on the run. He's a man trying to uncover things. He's a man trying to maintain two very interesting and very deep relationships that you're going to learn about. And, uh, and he's a man conflicted. So, I mean, you know, we deal with all that stuff, too. But, uh, but you know, he's, he's still got his guns, and he's going to use them. So uh, I, I can't <laughs> speak <to> <laughs> for I can't speak for the other books that are being integrated, but uh, I, I know in general there, you know, there was no, you know, edict about, you know, I, I never heard the words tone down, I never heard the words ease up or make accessible to children or anything like that. So that was never our intent, our focus. Our intent and our focus was to make these characters work, make tell great stories with them, make them exciting. Uh, make them something that people wanted to read first and foremost. Um, you know, I I am all for stations that say things like, you know, tone down gore where it's unnecessary, remove sex where it's unnecessary, take out the profanity where it's unnecessary. But that's just if it's unnecessary. If it's unnecessary then it's just distracting from good storytelling anyway. So, um, you know, we're we're not you know, neither Cafu nor I are of the mind who it's like, let's smear blood on the pages, but uh Man, I can tell you, he's not afraid to put a bullet through someone's eye. And you're going to get it about four pages in. You're going to see a little bit of gore.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, we'll wrap up with one more quick question um, and a little side thing. So last year, October, I had my tickets to fly to New York Comic Con, and I got the bomb dropped on me that Wildstorm was ending. So that made me feel really good walking into that con. So with that, I went to the Jim Lee icons panel and I stood up in front of 500 people and said, why, why did you do this to me? And when will we next see the Wildstorm characters? And, you know, he brushed me off with, yeah, they'll be digital. You'll see them later. Hold, hold your horses. So we were actually quite surprised to see that some of our beloved characters are actually coming back in print. And with that fate of the Wildstorm universe last year, Joe and I basically heard loud and clear if it's not selling, it's not going to be printed. So you had hinted on it earlier, but I'm assuming that you guys are going for the long haul with this title.
2: Yeah, this is not a, um, you know, we're not writing for five or six issue arcs. You're not writing, we're writing an ongoing story that's going to continue and continue, you know. And, and something I heard the other day, this is not something that was told to us, but they're talking about, um, uh, you know, somebody in DC editorial was talking about trade collection. So we'll collect trades when they make sense. If the arc is completed in five issues, we complete it in five issues. Uh, this is, uh, I think, this is Dan Deo to one of the retailers, um, but don't quote me on that. You know, if it's completed in, in four or six issues, we'll collect the trade then. That is, when it makes sense to wrap up a particular arc and put out a trade, that's when we do it. But we're not going to force everything into, say, six-issue arcs. You know, if if the storytelling suits it, that's how we'll do it. Uh, you know, so that that's been the way we've been operating. We're we're looking at the story first, uh, and you know, we're not we're not harnessing ourselves down to um, uh, uh, to to the rigor of you know six issue trades or something, uh, which isn't to say you won't see trades regularly. And you certainly will, but um, they 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 definitely told me you know don't feel like you have to wrap up all this stuff at. Um, you know, issue whatever. I said, keep it going. You know, write, write this universe and move forward into this universe. And, and uh, so that's what we're doing. So, awesome. And, and we've written it to be, I mean, it's not, we have all these things we will open and then close in the universe and arcs that will overlap and move forward. But I mean, we have created a universe that is looking pretty far into the future. So uh, with, with a little bit of luck and some help from uh, help from readers, that's what we'll be doing.
1: Cool. Hey, just to wrap up with a fun question, and just to give us an idea how badass your Grifter is, and just to antagonize the DC fanboys a little bit, uh, Grifter versus Punisher, who wins and why?
2: Oh, I have to be careful about these questions. <laughs> <laughs> they, they said it is, it is uh, That's why fan. they're fun. <laughs> well, but, but you know, but there's also like the uh, you know the, the <laughs> when I was doing this interview where it was like Grifter has to respond to characters. I had to be careful, you know, for one political, reason, you know, and, and they don't want like inter uh, inter publication bashing, you know, <laughs> and they also and also it's like well somebody's writing Punisher too, you know. Uh, <laughs> If I, had to answer, if I had to answer that, um, I think that that fight ends with Punisher standing on top of, uh, uh, with one foot on Grifter's chest and, you know, a massive gun against Grifter's head saying, I won, pulls the trigger, kills Grifter, gets about five feet away before he realizes that Grifter's tied two grenades to his shoelaces.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, nice. <Nathan, laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> um. Well, we do appreciate you coming on and sharing that because, like we said, we are really excited. There's a lot of old Wildstorm fans online who have been really looking forward to this. I mean, uh, hopefully the ones that have been kind of iffy, you know, they've listened to you tonight and and, um, decided to give the book a try because we definitely want to see Grifter around for a long time. And so we definitely look forward to the book here in the fall.
2: Good. Well, so do we. And, I mean, to anybody listening, we are working very hard and we are loving every minute of it. I mean, I can't wait to do signings dressed as grifter i'm um, you know and, and and i mentioned earlier i, I was actually just uh i I've fly to san
0: diego for that if you do it
2: <laughs> there we go i've actually been i've been doing you know a great deal of research where it makes sense i was just getting uh handgun shooting lists from a special forces operative um you know because that's going to be part of grifter's character uh you know how does he hold the gun what's he going to hold and you know how's he going to do this and that and we're we're really trying to make him as badass as possible, but, uh, but like I've also been reading all these books on con artistry. He's, he's, a, he, I hope that when people read what we've done with him, they're going to feel like he is a very full character, like a very, very, very thick, very you know whatever. He's the, he's the chili. He's the like, you know the. Whatever, the hearty beef stew, that's what I'm thinking of. That, like, can of hearty beef stew, that's what he is. All other, all other characters are chicken soup, and he's the hearty beef stew. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, he uses it as a silencer or something. I mean, come on, he's, he's clever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: that's awesome. You got anything else, Ben? No, I don't. Thank you, sir.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Nathan.
2: Awesome, guys. You have a good evening. You too. Right, you too.
0: All right. Well, that was a pretty cool uh, interview with Nathan. So, um, But, uh, yeah, he teased you guys about, you know, Grifter coming out here in the fall as we speak. And spoiler alert, as if you didn't know already, but uh, Grifter did show up in Flashpoint number three as part of the Resistance. And um, he is going to be in uh, Flashpoint, Lois Lane in the Resistance number two, uh, which be should be coming up here in August, I believe, or maybe the end of July, I'm not sure. but July 27th. Fly twenty seven. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Man with a plan. You're welcome. And uh, as far as I haven't seen the official cover yet, but they blocked it out. But it's obviously Grifter on the on the front of the cover. So really looking forward to that. So it's awesome to see him back in the pages of, of comics, period. So that's definitely going to get us hyped up for the fall here. You know, we are going to be back uh, as a monthly podcast now instead of biweekly. And uh, we may have one more interview for you next month, so will be watching out for that before we actually get to the titles. We don't want to say who it is yet. But um, if you want to you know, follow what we're doing here now that we're back, uh, you can follow me at twitter.com uh, slash grifter78. Or you can find us both at the Wildstorm resource wiki. Uh, just type that into Google, and it'll be the first thing that pops up. And you can either look me up as Grifter78 or Ben, who's Yo-Yo Master 146 And we are updating the wiki again. We're just going to go ahead and keep you know, adding stuff now. Uh, it'll all be marked as DCU, but it'll, it'll still be in the wiki. And you can also follow the podcast at twitter.com backslash wildstormaddict or you can email us at wildstormaddiction at gmail.com. So it's great to be back, Ben. Woo! <laughs>
1: yes, it is. We will see you guys next month. We hope you enjoyed this interview. And until then, grifter eyes. <laughs>
0: Man, <laughs> we forgot to ask if he's going to add that in. <laughs> I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs>
2: that's